0: The first reading is taken from Isaiah, chapter 42, commencing at verse 1. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break nor my praise to idols. See, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand for the Gospel reading. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Matthew chapter 5, 13-16 Glory to you, O Lord. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world, a city built on a hill cannot be hidden. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is the Gospel of the Lord. This to you, O Christ.
1: Jesus said, I'm the the light of the world. That's our reflection and our sermon topic for today. I had a rather embarrassing occasion when I was preaching at an all-age service with a large number of people. Do pray for 11 o'clock when there will be a large number of people here, and I'll be preaching a different sermon on Jesus, the light of the world. But I took a risk and talked about the salt of the earth And I distributed some 10 or so, maybe even 20, varieties of salt. And to gain interaction, people had to taste the salt. Anyway, suffice to say, it went badly wrong, because salt is not agreeable to taste on its own, and I didn't provide much water. So I'm on safe ground today. With Jesus, the light of the world, salt will be for another day. But in all seriousness, just imagine for the moment that it wasn't Mark or Simon or Stephen or Sarah or any number of these worthy preachers that were blessed to hear at All Saints over the Sundays and over the years, but there was, this is an imaginationary point, that it was Jesus coming to speak. And all of a sudden you'd be captivated that it was him, that it was Jesus not because of his beard or his sandals or the colour of his eyes. And it wouldn't even bother you whether he preached from here, from the lectern or from the ambo, whether he told a joke or not. It, it was Jesus. And some people, I mean, you need to consign them as spiritual pygmies or dwarfs, might well be saying, well, actually, it, it, it's Jesus I want. If there's something on Paul, no, 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 it's Jesus we want. And if actually, you know, I'm, I'm a grown up Christian, it's New Testament, it's not the Old Testament, I kind of move on from there. Still spiritual, spiritual pygmies or dwarfs because Paul and Jesus are the same, the Old and the New Testament are the same. And actually, whether it's Mark or Sarah or Simon or Stephen speaking Sunday by Sunday, week by week, because Jesus is alive, if our hearts are open, then irrespective of whether he wore sandals or not, whether he had blue eyes or a beard, amazingly, we could hear the voice of Jesus. And it was the Sermon on the Mount. He was probably high and lifted up, but it was him speaking. And Paul didn't mix up his words. They transmitted all the way down from the New Testament from his lips. And it's certainly not contrary to the Old Testament in any way, shape, or form. So I'm sorry I'm not Jesus today. <laughs> got no beard or sandals. And I've got no glorious mountainside to set before me and to rise up and speak. But it's probably even more profound than back then. We're here today. And you could hear Jesus. So, some stillness, and we'll pray that that will be the case. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that this evening, and at 11 o'clock, and here today, we express our desire to hear the words of Jesus Christ, who said, You are the light of the world. Help us to hear your word to really receive it and to live it out in our daily lives. For Jesus' sake, amen. So there we are, Jesus' words, you are the light of the world. First of all then, physical light. God said, let there be light, and there was light. It was ordered Day, that's the light, and night, that's the darkness, out of which the light came, for God said, let there be light, physical light. Trust me, it's a thing, it's a big thing, sad. I'm sure you've got friends, or maybe even family members, or you might be brave enough to tell me that you've had this yourself, seasonally affected Disorder. I don't see many people professionally and pastorally to help through this debilitating disease, which can find cure in chemical medication, sunbed, and appropriate holidays. But it is a thing. You just get flat seasonally affected disorder because there's not enough physical light. It is tragic and sad to meet people who are crushed, and pressed down by depression and other things like that. And that's one of them. It's even more debilitating when it's not just, as it were, naturally and confusingly happens, but with man's inhumanity to man, light is used as a form of torture. And so unlike that horrible practice of waterboarding, where you're lying flat you have a flannel over your mouth, and water is poured constantly, so you constantly feel like you're drowning. The other method, of course, is to keep people awake at night with loud banging noise, and you have all manner of light shining on you day. This is the point, and night. It's torture. It, it's not real. Physical light is so, so important that God has ordered it this way, that there's a day and there's a night. If you're suffering from lack of daylight, you will suffer. If you're tortured with too much of it and not enough sleep or darkness, you will quite literally be tortured. Why am I saying this? Well, we'll come on in a moment to understand spiritual light, where Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. But for the moment, right at the start of the Bible, where it talks about the land and the sea, the food and the vegetation, the man and the woman, how they are to relate, and you have light and darkness the order of things has been given by God that this is the way it is. Let there be light. or oh, no, we'll have less of it. Or we'll have more of it. Please don't get kidded in contemporary conversations with, oh, we can't do binary today, on and off, like this or like that. Those aren't the right categories. The right category to think about is how God is ordering things with day and night, with land and sea, with male, with female, with marriage and with not marriage. To say it's as simple as that would be trite and probably unkind and unwise. But there is a sense in which all categories of thought which say we're going to mix up how things are, day and night, land and sea, male and female, marriage or whatever, is at some time going to run up against God who said, let there be light. And goodness me, there's loads of it today. What a great day for a church picnic What a great day for those of us that are blessed with more melanin content than others. This is how things are. The nature and the order of things as God has decreed it. Of course things get confused and mixed up and that's where we need to understand this second point where Jesus says spiritually, I am the light of the world. So when he says to us, remember the sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, these are the the words and the voice of Jesus speaking to us, saying, you're the light of the world. We have to understand what physical light is. Genesis chapter 1. Then something happened. I'm sure you'll remember what this is in Genesis chapter 3. Somehow the spiritual light of God's presence and harmony and goodness with the right ordering of things in the spiritual light, got confused because someone thought to themselves, we know best, we know right. Symbolically, there's an apple. Let's choose to do things our way. And as soon as that happened, physical light remained, but spiritual light went out immediately. very, very sad, desperately depressing, and actually we wouldn't be here unless, of course, someone and something happened. And this someone was Jesus Christ who comes along and says, I am the light of the world. He's not going to save your electricity bills. He's not going to help you with seasonally affected disorder. He's not going to enable you to get to Canary Islands for a winter break. It's not physical light. It's spiritual light. I am the light of the world. You see, the thing is, the Old Testament says, Paul says, even Jesus says, that as soon as that choice happened, everyone is in spiritual darkness. You can enjoy physical light, you can gap it to the canaries, you can have a great suntan, but you can still be in spiritual darkness. So spiritually, all of us need to come to terms with, in some way, shape, or form, that we need spiritual light from Jesus Christ. If we've got the gift of physical life, Physical light, if we've got the gift of the presence of Christ saying, I'm the light of the world, then we also need to reflect that Jesus says in this wonderful word from his very lips on the Sermon on the Mount, you're the light of the world. That's where the physical light and the spiritual light can come together. In other words, Jesus is doing what preachers, at least the good ones, try to do right towards the end of their sermons. He points the finger at someone. (laughs) Now the reason why you don't, I'm just giving you a professional tip here, the reason why you don't point the finger at someone straight away at the start of your sermon, everyone goes, (laughs) I really don't like that. But Jesus has got a head start. (laughs) He's Jesus. He's never done anything wrong. He is the source of all spiritual light. And even Christians know that his physical body, even though it ended in the worst form of torture on a cross, came back to life forevermore. So this is Jesus. We're going to listen to him. Brace yourself. You are the light of the world, which is both a spiritual thing, because pinch the person next to you. They're a physical human being. They're not just a hologram or an invention of artificial intelligence or an ether-shaped looking of you. They are physically flesh and blood. You're physically able to have light, provided you've got the spiritual light that comes from Jesus shining in your hearts so you're not someone's light bulb you're not going to save their electricity bill but when Jesus looks at you and says you're the light of the world what he's saying is this is a dark dark world most people on planet earth without Jesus are walking in spiritual darkness and you are the light of the world simply put because you're listening to my sermon You've got the light of my spiritual presence in your heart. And because you're physically alive, that spiritual light will shine out from you. Most brilliantly put by Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. For it is God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Do you see the Old Testament? Do you see our hearts and lives? Do you see the presence of Jesus Christ coming into our hearts and into our lives? I'm sure some of you who know that particular passage will know the very next verse says that we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power, the light within us, is not from ourselves, but from Jesus, who's the light of the world, who points his finger at each one of you and says, you're the light of the world because your light's in me. It can be interesting at dinner parties and supper parties and garden parties when I'm out with Alison, the conversation gets round to uh, not just how many children you've got and all the rest of it, but what you do. And I do come out quite clean and sweetly and say, well, I'm, I'm a vicar. And then of course, some people are not sure what a vicar is. And so they ask me, what do you actually do? And sometimes, I, if, it, if it's been a very bad week, I'll, I'll feel like saying, but trust me, trust me, I don't say this. I feel like saying I'm a vicar. I work with a bunch of crackpots. But what of course I could say, according to the scriptures, I work with a bunch of clay pots in which the light of Christ is present. And through the cracks of the clay pot, that's the point of the illustration from Paul. The light of Jesus Christ shines out You're the light of the world doesn't mean you're meant to look like Jesus. You're the light of the world means that Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world, is in your life. And despite the cracks and the flaws, of which many of us have many, that's the fault of Adam and Eve, of which we are all part of. But we recognize that, that we're in spiritual darkness without Christ, who is the light of the world. Notice how Jesus' sermon carries on. Because you've got this light in your heart, it could be like you're a city on a hill. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. How that happens, that the light of Christ that's within you and shines out despite of you to other people, that they can see, of course, is another question and a very important question. But it does happen if your heart is open and you recognize with humility and love that this Jesus Christ is the very light of the world. Dear friends, enjoy the sunshine today. Uh, Don't get sad and depressed. But neither... Prevent or put off letting Jesus Christ beam his rays into you because he's the risen, eternal son of God. Without him, you are in deep, deep darkness. Your physical life, trust me, I'm looking at you all now, is perfectly radiant and beautiful, particularly this row here, particularly beautiful. But one day, the lights go out. The physical use stops. And if you don't know spiritual light now, you'll never be able to get spiritual light then. Catholics were wrong on that. Purgatory's wrong. Just doesn't happen. Can't get in touch with anyone the other side. It's now or never. <laughs> but what's not to like? This Jesus Christ looking into his eyes, hearing his word. I'm the light of the world. I can give you life and light even though everything's gone wrong and you're not even responsible for most of it. Some of it you are and you know. But my light can shine out from you when you receive me even this day. Some stillness and I'll lead you in a prayer. Father, thank you for the way your word has spoken to us. Forgive us for the darkness of our lives that we so often block you out. Shine, Jesus, shine, that indeed we might reflect your glory
0: in our dark and needy world. For your dear name's sake,